Revelation chapter 2, verse 12. We're going through the churches, and, and remember, these different churches is, represent different church period history. And uh, we, we're going now, we're into the church of Pergamos. Uh, and Pergamos, remember Pergamos, as, and I'm kind of doing a rec- refresher course because we, had, uh, we hadn't been in this study in a couple of weeks. So let's read verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. Now what is the sharp sword with two edges? That's the word of God. Yes, yes sir, that's Jesus Christ speaking. And that's Jesus Christ saying he has the word of God. He is the word of God. And uh, Pergamos, now Pergamos translates out as much marriage. Now here's some modern day pictures of what Pergamos looks like. And Pergamos is going to represent the church period of about A.D. 325 to about A.D. 500. Now, some of these overlap, these church periods, but we're, we're giving them dates to kind of have an idea. But it's definitely early in church history. And Pergamos translates as, out as much marriage, much marriage. And it's pretty amazing. Of course, this whole Bible is, is amazing. It's amazing that uh, it's, it translates out as much marriage, and this is exactly the time in church history where Constantine married the church to the government, and he, as a as a as a ruler, he decided to to marry the church and the government together. Now, as Christians, we believe in the separation of church and state. Constantine believed believed in gathering the religions together, not only Christianity, but he believed in gathering all the religion, the pagan religions, all of them together. Now, it, 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 this right here was. Uh, so in this sign, conquer, that's what that says on that statue. You can't see it very well in that picture. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Constantine looked up in the sun before the battle. He was in a battle. And he saw a cross of light above it. And with it, he saw the Greek words. And these Greek words translate out, in this sign, conquer. So he believes he's supposed to conquer in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, physically conquer in the name of Jesus Christ. With the military, with the, with, with the government. Constantine commanded his troops to adorn their shields with a Christian symbol. And this Christian symbol, supposedly, this Cairo is supposedly a Christian symbol. Thereafter, they were victorious. And this Christian symbol, this Cairo, if you remember, is this symbol right here. Now, that's a symbol you'll see all over the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church. So, the Catholic Church's roots start with Constantine. Your roots do not start with Constantine, okay? You've got to understand, you're Bible believers. You never were part of the Catholic Church. That's what the atheists, that's what these people don't understand church history. These, these morons, they try to associate Christianity that everybody who's a Christian throughout, this, throughout the centuries, they were the Catholic Church. Wrong, wrong, you're dead wrong. You don't understand church history, you don't understand Christianity. If you understood Christianity, you wouldn't make a stupid statement like that. So, they, this, this Cairo, it's a monogram, and this X is, and this X and the P put together, they're the first two letters of the Greek alphabet, I mean, of the Greek word Christos, which is, we, we translate as Christ in Greek. So, they took that X and the P, and they got Christos, and that's that symbol supposedly Constantine seen, put on his shields, they were victorious, and he created this, this government. It's just like the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to try to create a one-world religion, under a one-world government. That's what's going on in the world today, guys. Uh, this X right here, this first letter of the Greek alphabet for Christos, that's what everybody uses. They try to say, it's okay to use Xmas because they'll take that X and put must. And they say X represents Christ, and it, that, that's nonsense. 
Don't fall for that nonsense. When you're, putting, when you're using Xmas, you're just taking the name of Christ out of Christmas. That's what you're doing. And you're falling into Satan's trap when you're doing that kind of stuff. So you see this, and I put this up here. There's that sign there. on the, There's the, one, the last pope. Uh, there's that sign that's on his cross he's carrying. There, there's a bishop that's got that on his, on his cloak or robe or however you want to put it. So that's very prominent in the Catholic Church. You won't see that in a Baptist church, okay? Get this, guys. This isn't, this isn't rocket science. This is just opening your eyes. The Lord said, he, he, he who hath eyes to see, let him see. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So this stuff is not... It's not rocket science. It's if you want to, if you want to, if you want to believe the truth, go looking for the truth. The Lord will show you the truth. It depends what you're looking for. Okay. So in three, AD three twenty three, very important a time in church history. Matter of fact, somebody Kathy knows brought this up to my wife, and he, they were bringing this up to my wife and arguing about this. It's called the Council of Nicaea. It happened in A.D. 325. That's why I have the ch- church history, of this church history of Pergamos starting in 325. It was a marriage of church and state. They got the bishops together. They started uh, arguing about what they believed, what they didn't want to believe, what they wanted to believe in, as, as Scripture, what they didn't want to believe as Scripture. And they got this council together. And basically, it was a marriage of church and state. Constantine's the one that brought it together. That's the formation of what we know today now as the Roman Catholic Church. That's not the formation of you as a group of believers. Y'all understand? Everybody in this room understands that. What happened at the Council of Nicaea doesn't affect you in any way, guys. It doesn't matter. You got your book in your lap. You got the Word of God. Okay, so we don't care what the Catholic Church does or what the Catholic Church has done as far as we're concerned. We're Bible believers. We're outside of the Catholic Church. But it's important to church history because that's when Christianity was really affected by all of this. It was the rise of Roman Catholicism. And, of course, it was a marriage of church and state. And a lot, church and state. A lot of people like to look at Jesus like this. They like to think Jesus has a, has a gun in his hand, has an American flag right, draped over his shoulder. He's got the anti-queer sign on his front chest, you know. That's the way they like. They think of a Jesus as an American Jesus. Jesus is not an American Jesus, okay? <laughs> Jesus is a Jew. Jesus is an Israelite. Jesus is not an American Jew. Jesus, when he comes back, is not going to rule and reign from Washington, D.C. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. That's his hometown. That's where he wants to be. That's his capital. That's, so y'all get that out of your head. But that's the way a lot of Americans... And Americans are real bad about that, thinking that Christianity is all about America. And uh, it's not all about Americans. There's, there's, there's a lot more Christians outside of America than there are in America. There, we got brothers that are in China, over in Saudi Arabia. We got brothers and sisters all over the world, guys. And to think that God just, all God cares about is America, you got that messed up. Amen. And people who are so caught up in God bless America, you got to ask them, God, why, should, why should God bless America? Now, I'm not anti-American, but that's a good question. Why should God bless America? Uh, I know that's kind of, that can get you killed in some places, but hey, I'm an American. I love the flag. But I'm a realist. But I'm a Christian first. Okay, I'm a Christian American. I'm not an American Christian. Okay, you see the order of that? Yeah. And then there's, uh, of course, they have Jesus here with the, with the eagle. He's got a Gatling gun he's carrying. That's the way a lot of people look at Jesus. That, that he's this American icon. Jesus is not an American icon. Jesus Christ is a world icon. He's a godly icon, okay? 
So the rapture, the rapture is going to be the true separation of church and state. Okay. Our American society was founded on a biblical belief in the Bible and God. And every, that's the way that this American culture, all our laws were based on the Ten Commandments and God's laws. America is one of the greatest countries that was ever raised up because it was based on the Bible. After the Bible, after the 1611 came into being, it was based on the Bible, it was based on Christian principles. That's why it makes America so great. But that's what makes America not so great anymore. It's because we got away from God, and we got away from the Bible, and we got away from Christian principles. It's just that simple, guys. But the true separation of church and state is going to be the rapture. All right. So the marriage of heathen and Christian practices, and what that was, was that's back when we started, he started getting together. The pagan sun god's birthday was on December 25th, so he decided to make that the Christ's birthday, which was Christmas. And we looked at some of the ideas of Christmas and what Christmas is and isn't. Now, and I want to point this out again, that Brother Keegan still celebrates Christmas. And I showed you all around Christmas time that the birth of Christ was, was more than likely, according to the Bible, at the end of September, probably September 23rd, and that the conception of Christ, when Christ was literally conceived in Mary, was around the end of December. So I still celebrate December as the, as the birth of Jesus Christ. But that was, came into practice at this time. He's trying to merge pagan and Christianity together. He's trying to merge not only a church and state, he's trying to merge all religions together. So you see how the Constantine was a great type of the Antichrist. You see this stuff? And of course, Ishtar was the fertility goddess, which was eggs and rabbits, and eggs and rabbits don't have anything to do with each other, except for the bunny rabbit carries eggs. But you see what that has to do, it has to end up being, has, has to do with Ishtar, which was Easter, but we put it with the resurrection of Christ. Christians had all these great practices, we had all these great festivals, we have all these great holidays, and what he's trying to do is merge, let everybody else join in. He wants everybody else to be able to join in with the Christians. That's what the world tries to do. You notice how the world's starting to act a whole lot more churchy? They'll say, I'll hear pagans, atheists say, I'm so blessed. That's not, that's not an atheist saying. That's a Christian saying. You're not blessed. <laughs> but those, they'll use those words. Oh, you'll be in my thoughts and prayers. You'll hear them idiots say that. What, what good is it going to do for you to be in my thoughts? For, you, for me to be in your thoughts? What good does that do? Not a stinking thing. Don't kid yourself. But they'll say that. You'll be in my thoughts. Like that's supposed to have some kind of power. No, I want you to be praying for me. Amen. To the Lord, not to Buddha, you know. Okay, so you got all the, y'all, y'all understand all this. Y'all, y'all are uh, real grounded in Christianity. But a lot of Christians today would be just blown away by a lot of this stuff. But I'm trying to show you that's where all this stuff comes from. Thank, 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 you know. Thank. Just use some thought process. If you're wondering where this stuff comes from, Christmas trees, bunny rabbits, eggs going together, where does all this come from, Brother Keegan? It comes from right in this area, right here, A.D. 325, the Catholic Church, the start of the Catholic Church. Okay, now, let's go back to our Bible. Revelation chapter 2, verse 13. And I know thy works, Jesus says, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. So the Bible's real clear, and Jesus is real clear that there's a place that Satan can sit. Satan has a seat. Now, we're living in a society, they don't even believe Satan exists, much less has a rear end that he can sit down somewhere. <laughs> but he does, guys. 
and he has a seat, and thou holdest fast to my name, and hast not denied my faith. So it's very important as a church, as a group of believers, that we do two things. We do what? We hold fast to the name of Jesus Christ, okay? And the second one is that we do not deny the faith, and the faith in Jesus Christ. So that's the two main important things. And Jesus Christ, is, he's commended them for it. He says, thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. So when a church like the Jehovah's Witness have a kingdom hall and they deny Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus Christ and try to put the name of Jehovah above Jesus Christ, they're not doing what Jesus Christ said a church should do. That's why they don't call themselves a church. Do you all remember what the Jehovah's Witness call themselves? They're not a church. What do they call themselves? Does anybody remember? They call themselves an organization. They're called an organization. They call themselves an organization. And it has not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr. Now, a martyr is somebody who's killed for what they believe. A Christian martyr is killed for what they believe. Who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. So there's a place that Satan sits. There's a place that Satan dwells. We don't have any idea who Antipas was. Now, there's some people who, who conjecture who he might have been. We have no idea. But I can tell you one thing about him. That name, you can tell a lot by name. And a lot of names in the Bible have very important meanings. Okay, y'all know that. The name Jesus, what does that name mean? Je, that's Jehovah. Zeus saves. Jehovah saves. That's what Jesus means. Jehovah saves. Emmanuel, what does Emmanuel mean? That was another name given to Jesus. God with us. So that those names are given because they were important. Nowadays, people just name kids' name because they like the way it sounds. Shaniqua, whatever it would be. <laughs> but the names were important to God. So the name Antipas, it meant against everything. Against everything. Well, that, that, I like that because that sounds a lot like me. <laughs> if there's one thing I am, I'm against everything. I have, I have, a, I have an attitude about everything. I have an opinion about everything. Ask my wife. And this poor guy, he gets killed for what he believes. And that's the way Christianity looks to a lot of people, amen. Christianity looks to the world that we are against everything. And when it comes to a world system, yeah, it ends up we are against a lot of things. That, Jesus Christ says, that that is highly esteemed among men is abomination to God. So you look at the world and everything they highly esteem, Actors, movies, sports stars, everything like that. God says, that's an abomination. Goes against everything. See, even your flesh kind of resists that a little bit, right? So his, he, Antipas, that means he's against everything. But it says that Satan has a seat. And we're going to look at where that seat is. Now, this picture is shown. It says the serpent has entwined its folds about the capital. The capital of Washington, D.C., it has a serpent. And he's coming from, look right there, he's coming from the Vatican and he's wrapping himself around. And that serpent, the head of that serpent is the, is the, is, has the face of the Pope. You see that? Church history has a, that's why you have atheists and some deniers and spec, spec, uh, some people who are skeptics. They'll come to you and they'll say, well, Christianity has caused more wars. More people have been killed over the name of Christ. You hear people say, you ever heard anybody say that kind of stuff? Well, where are they getting that idea? It's the truth. But where are they getting that idea? Because they're hearing what the, Cat, what the Roman Catholic churches did through history. And we're not Roman Catholics. Me and you are not, me and you, 
Indian Gap Baptist Church is not going to get a bunch of young men put swords in their hands, go take them down to the cow house, baptize them in the name of Christ, and send them out to conquer and kill people in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what the Catholic Church did. And they would come up to Muslims or whoever it was and said, accept Christ, and they'd say no, and they'd cut their heads off. Now, is that anything, any way the Lord wants us doing it? No. We're, we don't, our kingdom's not on this earth right now. Our kingdom's up in heaven. Amen. I mean, we're not supposed to be making a kingdom down here. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's nothing that you can physically see. It's a, this is a spiritual kingdom. But there will come a time, there will be a physical kingdom. When our king comes, you can't have a kingdom without a king. And when our king comes, then this kingdom will be his. But right now, this doesn't belong to God. Washington, D.C. does not belong to God. Right? It doesn't. He doesn't. God doesn't ruin that place. You believe Jesus Christ is running Washington, D.C.? See, when you have like the Jehovah's Witness or somebody say that Jesus Christ's kingdom is here right now, he's spiritually ruling the world, well, he's doing a pretty sorry job. That's not my Jesus. Who's ruling the world? Where is Satan's seat at? Look at Luke chapter 4. I'll show you where his seat is. Look at Luke chapter 4. He has a seat, and I'll show you what kind of seat it is. I can't tell you exactly where Satan is sitting this morning, but I can tell you what kind of seat it is. And you can, I, I'll show you out of Luke chapter 4. Look at Luke chapter 4. At the temptation of Christ, Luke chapter 4, verse 5, verses 5 through 8. And this is when Jesus Christ has been led out in the wilderness. And we're going we're gonna to grade those tests this morning, this, as a matter of fact, guys. And Matthew, those Matthew tests. Me, me and Raymond were talking about this. And one of the questions on the test was, who led Jesus Christ out into the wilderness? Who led him out into the wilderness? Was it God, was it uh, Satan, or was it the Holy Spirit? It wasn't Satan. Miss one. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I missed one. Yeah. Brother Raymond had it right, actually. It was the Holy Spirit, and Brother Alvin. The Spirit led him out there. But the point is, is that when he was led out there by the Holy Spirit, the devil shows up, and he starts tempting him. And in verse 5, look what the devil says. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Like he just, like he fast forward through all of it. He shows it, to, so, so is Jesus, all the kingdoms of the world. Look what Satan says in verse 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give to thee, in the glory of them. For that, those kingdoms, is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. That's what Satan told Jesus. He says, he tells, Satan tells Jesus, see, all these kingdoms were given to me. God gave Satan all these kingdoms, all these world empires. They're given to me, and they're in my power. And, and for that I, is delivered unto me, and, whomso, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. And Satan says, whoever I want running things, that's who I let run things. Look at verse 7. If thou, therefore, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. If you just bow your knee right now, Jesus, I'll give you all of these because they're given to me. Verse 8, Jesus says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. Notice Jesus didn't correct him. Notice Jesus said, Those don't belong to you. 
Those do belong to Satan. God has turned them over to Satan, and he's allowing Satan to run all this stuff. Satan's running all these kingdoms in this world. And they said, Satan says, they're delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now you know why people go into office. Now you know why people get, in, why people get into Washington, D.C. Satan says, I'll let you in here. He's running all of this. Remember what Paul said about Satan? He said he is the God, lowercase g, of this world. He said Satan is the God of this world. So the God of this world, Satan, is running all these political kingdoms. So it shouldn't surprise you when you see all this stuff happen around this world. It doesn't. God's letting him do it. God has given him that power. Satan's running all of this stuff. That's why he's allowed to do all that he does. God has given him that power and allowing him to do that. Now there's going to come a time when Jesus Christ is going to come back. Satan and all his forces are going to come up against Jesus Christ at the Battle of Armageddon to fight for this world. And Jesus is going to whip them destroy him, and then he's going to rule and reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years. And he'll get all these kingdoms back. And that's when the Bible says he'll rule with a rod of iron. And it won't be none of this nonsense. And it says if you don't come up, it says if Egypt won't come up to Jerusalem at the the Feast of Tabernacles, that Jesus won't let it reign on their land. That's the end of Zechariah. So there's all kinds of things about the millennial kingdom that have to do with the physical kingdom and God, Jesus Christ, ruling from that physical kingdom. So that seat... Satan's seat is a a special seat. It's a political seat. So Satan's seat, I don't know where he's sitting this morning. I don't know if he's sitting in Washington, D.C. I don't know if he's sitting over in uh, Russia. I don't know if he's sitting over in China. But I'm here to tell you guys, he's he's a politician. Satan is a politician. And he's running all this world empire. To to be able to to run the world, what do you got to do? You got to be a politician. Amen? (laughs) You know, some of y'all might still be skeptical. Look at Daniel chapter 8. Daniel chapter 8. Because, see, you're thinking God's running this. God does have control over this, but he's he's letting Satan do different things. Satan's only allowed to do what God allows him to do, but God gives him a lot of freeway, a lot of leadway, excuse me. To do what Satan wants to do. That's why this world's in such a mess. <laughs> when the Christians rise up, and they're doing it like in the, first, like the founding of America, you had Christianity, you had the Bible. Satan did it. The first thing Satan did, Satan wanted to get in there and start running that. Because he's a ruler of this world. And what happened? He got in there and started running it. And now today, this country is not run by any Christians. America's run by. Satan. And we let him do it. We let him get in there. Look at Daniel chapter 8, talking about the Antichrist, which is what? Who is the Antichrist? The Antichrist is going to be Satan in dwelling flesh. Just like Jesus Christ is God manifesting the flesh, Satan is going to be Satan manifesting the flesh. In other words, it's going to be Satan coming out in a man, dwelling in a man. Look at verse 23. Daniel chapter 8, verse 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, talking about all these kingdoms that rise up, when the transgressors will come to the full, a king of fierce countenance, that's the Antichrist, understanding dark sentences shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper, and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. That's the Jews. 
the holy people's the Jews. Now look at verse 25. And through his what? Policy. Also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. Okay, let me ask you a question. Who has policies? Politicians. Politicians. <laughs> None of y'all have policies. The who, who has policies? Politicians have policies. They have foreign policies. They have peace treaties. They have all these different policies they do because politicians have policies. The Antichrist is going to be a great politician. That's why it's not by his own power. That's why when it shows the Antichrist rise up in Revelation, and we'll look at this, when he rises up in Revelation, he's on a white horse, but he has a bow with no arrows. That's a politician. He's got, he's got power, but it's not by his own power. A politician like Hitler didn't ever fire a gun at anybody, but he killed six million Jews. How did Hitler kill six million Jews and not fire a gun one time in World War II? Because he did it with his words, with policies. We're going to take these Jews, and my policy is we're going to exterminate them. That's a policy of Hitler. And they exterminated six million of them. That's a politician with policies. That's why Hitler's a great type of the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is going to rise up with policies, verse 25. And through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart. That's back in Thessalonians. And by peace shall destroy many. Well, who has, who has peace policies? Who has peace agreement? Politicians? That's who has peace. Kingdoms, they talk about peace. Politicians talk about peace. I mean, you don't talk about peace. We talk about getting along with people. He shall also stand up against the prince, capital P, of princes. That's Jesus Christ. But he shall be broken without hand. We know that to be the battle army and he'll be destroyed. So this politician is going to rise up. He's going to be destroyed. That's, the saint, that's Satan as the Antichrist. So Satan's seat and Satan's dwelling is a political seat. It's a, politi a political dwelling, guys. Back in Revelation chapter 2. Does anybody have any questions on any of this? Anybody have any questions or comments? That's right, brother. <laughs> Nobody has any questions or comments? Everybody understands that Satan's running the political system? He has a political seat? Okay. A bunch of liars. Polly, Polly, many. Tick, bloodsucker, many bloodsuckers. A politician. Politic. Uh, you can learn a lot by words. Can't you? If you look at words, remember how important I said God is about words? Jesus Christ is, is so attached and it puts such a, a importance on words. He says, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. He's saying, I'm the A and the Z. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he's all attached about words. You want to figure something out, guys, just take a word and break it down. Holy day, holiday, a holiday. That's a holy day. Catholic. What does Catholic mean? If you look up in the dictionary, what are they going to tell you Catholic means? It's universal, like universal church. But what does that word mean? If you're an alcoholic, alky, that's a chemical. Holic, holic means holy, holy given, like W-H-O-L-L, you're holy given. So if you're an alcoholic, you're holy given to alky. Does that make sense? An alcoholic, holy holic given to alcohol. 
Catholic, cat-holic. Holic, holy given to a cat. That's kind of comical, isn't it? Turn to Revelation chapter 13. It's real funny until you read your Bible. Holy given to a cat. Look at verse 2. Look at Revelation 13, 2. I'll close here. Talking about the Antichrist coming up. And the beast which I saw was likened to a what? A leopard which is a cat. And he has other characteristics. He's got, he's got some characteristics of a bear and a lion, but he looks mainly like a cat. What's a leopard look like? A spotted cat. Huh. Has black spots on it? Has, let's, say, let's say he has black marks on him. You're not supposed to take that mark, mark of a beast, who has, what beast has a mark? A leopard. Yes, it's, it's all right there. You're spending too much time thinking about what's on TV and you're not thinking about what's in the Bible. It's all right there. And it, I'm, not, I'm not some amazing guy that knows all this information. This information was taught to me because some other really smart men sat around and thought about this stuff. But, if you had, but when somebody shows you this, like Catholic means holy given to a cat, Catholic, when somebody shows you that, you go, that's simple, yeah. <laughs> and the next thing you say is, why didn't I think about that? And the third thing you should say is, because I was watching too much TV last week. <laughs> and I'm putting myself in the same boat. I mean, all right, anybody have any questions about this stuff? God doesn't want anything hidden from you guys. It's not hidden, see. People argue with me. About the Catholic Church. And when you say, you know, the Catholic Church has their own set of Ten Commandments. I never heard that before. Yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, they have their own set of Ten Commandments. They, they take out the Second Commandment. And the Second Commandment is you shall not bow down to any graven images. And every Catholic, you know, bows down to the Statue of Mary. The Pope himself bows down to Mary. So they just take that one out, and they take the Tenth Commandment, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, and they split that up. And they make it nine and ten, see. And you say, well, I never heard that before. If you'll go to Brownwood, Texas, and go and look at the front of a Catholic church, they got these two monuments that stand about this tall, the Ten Commandments, and it's exactly like I told you. They take out the Second Commandment. There is no Second Commandment in there. It's graven in stone for all to see. Right on their sign. I've shown y'all pictures up here of it. So when anybody argues with me, I'll say, go down with your own eyes and look. They're not trying to hide it. Only one, only, only one that's pulling the cover over your eyes and pulling the wool over your eyes is you. Not me. Yeah, if you, if you don't know it, it's because it's your own fault. You're willfully ignorant. Because if you want to find this stuff out, it's right there to see. Amen? I'm not trying to be mean to y'all. I'm not trying to pick on y'all. I'm just trying to pick on everybody. I'm picking on myself. Yeah, I'm just picking on myself. This stuff is not hidden if you just open your eyes. If you'll take a Bible and read your Bible and watch the news, it'll all make sense to you. When you see everything going on, you'll say, yep, there's Satan running things. How do they get that voted in about the gays and that Satan running things? All the stuff you use, that's Satan. That's just Satan running things. 
So don't get so caught up in politics. You see where I'm going with this? We get so caught up in politics. Oh, we need to get him out of office. We need to get him into office. And we need to, they're all the same guys. They all think the same way. They don't think like you. Very, very few of them are Bible believers. 